welcome to episode 14 of the Dinner Sisters podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector. I'm always thinking about my next meal, which, to be honest, if balanced eating wasn't an issue, would include a heck of a lot of pasta. (laughs) And I'm Betsy Wallace. I'm living, working, and raising a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time. I can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. And you know what? We do eat a fair amount of pasta over here. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been witness to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our goal with this podcast, well, we want to learn to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. So here's how this works. Like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, you know, internet chefs, other sources, um, you know, the World Wide Web. We'll have all these recipes, tips, the smorgasbord, and the shopping list on our website, www.dinnersisters.com. You can also get them sent directly to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening. Right. And so this week's recipes were a BLT pasta salad, a roasted chicken and angel hair pasta, and a roasted cauliflower spaghetti. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So having pasta for dinner, I, I feel like it's like adulting 101, mm-hmm. right? It's like one of the first things people learn how to cook. You boil some water, you throw in the noodles and chop with your, top with your choice of sauce or angry handfuls of cheese for your children (laughs) if that's what you're doing that's true but this week we have some (laughs) recipes that might break you out of your pasta rut and possibly give you some new ideas for dinner which i'm excited about because it is it is very very easy to get into a pasta rut and there's a whole world of possibilities out there yes so possibilities possibilities oh (laughs) man that was man (laughs) i hurt myself here we go kate here we go (laughs) All right. right. She's like, just move it along, Schultz. Move it along. <laughs> All right. So our first recipe is a BLT pasta salad from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is a pretty, like, tell-all recipe title. Basically, all the ingredients for a BLT pasta salad style. So the tomato, the bacon, the lettuce, in this case, in the form of spinach. You know, the most work is really browning the bacon and boiling the pasta. And then you just make a quick mayonnaise-based dressing and then stir in the pasta, the bacon, some cherry tomatoes, and spinach together. You chill it, and you're good to go. You know, this came together really quickly for me. Honestly, the most time felt like making it, getting it chilled down so it was like pasta salad temperature and not just kind of like warm, warm mm-hmm. mayonnaise. Yeah, same for me. And I think I'm remembering this correctly, that it was mayo and Greek yogurt in this, correct? Right. right? Yeah, a little bit which, of the tang, which was nice. Which was nice. And it always, it felt a little healthy-ish. We're only going half mayo, half Greek yogurt. That was nice on this one. And I will occasionally, when I'm feeling very industrious, <laughs> will make a... Like, if I know I have something else on my schedule, I'll make it the night before. So I just mm, a good kind of cooked the bacon while I was cooking dinner that night and then put this pasta salad together, put it in the fridge, and it mm. was just ready to go for the next day, which we actually then ate it for lunch. Yeah. And just, I think that makes but a lot it of was, sense. Yeah, it's nice to make something like this just kind of in the evening Yeah, um, as more of like a meal prep thing. As you're listening to your favorite podcast – you know. Yeah, look at that. You could. <laughs> you could. For and sure. I also have a friend who makes a pound of bacon 
drain it, oh. crumble it, and freeze it. And so oh, she has like smart. bacon crumbles all the time. Yeah, which I think is super smart. So it's- yeah, you know, I think the re- so back to the recipe. Um, uh-huh. One thing I will say, as directed, the rest dressing for me was super garlicky, almost to the point of like being hot tasting. Oh yeah. So, you know, while I'm, I'll probably make this again because I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I I would back it down to like one clove of garlic. Or, you know, I also have some really good garlic powder, which sounds like something that doesn't exist. But Penzi Spices makes a really nice one that kind of does this mellow garlic taste to some things that I'll that'll add sometimes if I don't want it to be too sharp. Um, oh, nice. So that's the only change I would make. And you did send me a text warning about the garlic because mm. you made this before I did. I cut it down and I did not have a garlic issue. So oh, good. Okay. Yeah, and I really thought this was delicious. I actually swapped out the spinach for some arugula because that's what I had in the, in the nice. crisper that day. And I just think it's a nice, flexible, delicious, familiar ingredients, feel mm-hmm. summery, solid recipe. Yeah. 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 I love pasta salad for guests, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice kind of like lunch for guests. It's something I take from mom. Like she does that all the time. Yeah. Such a um, smart tip. Or just keeping in the fridge for lunches because it made my life really easy. I just like mm-hmm. scooped out a bit into a container and was good to go. I like the spinach because it made feel like more like a salad than just a bunch of pasta. Yeah, I give this four out of five forks. I'd make this again for sure. Yeah, I would also give this a four out of five forks. It was a pasta salad I hadn't made before, but it was really delicious. And I liked those BLT flavors, especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. If you like a pasta salad, you should give this one a try. So, okay, our next recipe here is a roasted chicken on angel hair pasta from Simply Recipes. Tell us about this. Right. So this recipe stood out because I love a baked pasta. Who doesn't love a baked ziti? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't seen this technique before. So basically you boil angel hair pasta, which takes like two seconds. Well. Mm-hmm. Two three minutes, but it doesn't take any time at all. Then you layer, you put that in a in a dish, like a baking dish, and then you layer on some canned tomatoes, and then the chicken with oregano and olive oil, and you bake it until the chicken is roasted. So one thing I really appreciate about doing this podcast is that it's forcing me to try different methods of cooking. Yeah, and so nice. this whole pasta layer bake situation. Mm. was kind of fun and easy and it really struck me as something that would work well on a busy night when everyone is hungry Mm. because it's not hard to prepare it's a filling dinner with familiar ingredients and sometimes you just need some (laughs) solid winners nothing weird yes yeah right exactly and that kind of this kind of did it for me so I gave this a three out of five because I liked the recipe. I liked the concept. It didn't wow me with flavor. Mm. I wasn't surprised by it. But I think it sits solidly in the middle as something I would probably make again. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So I, I had a little bit of concern. I was worried the pasta would like dry out. But it mm-hmm. got crispy, which was good, which was delish. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was nice. I did feel like the chicken and the pasta were under seasoned. So I think I'd go make this again. I'd probably maybe add basil, maybe red pepper oh, yeah, flakes, good. just a little bit. Make sure I added more salt and pepper. I'm not sure I seasoned my chicken enough. You know, I could have added more. That was just me. But I'd like to play around with the idea. I th- I'm with you. And, you know, pasta and um, 
chicken thighs and drumsticks are really economical. It's also yes. not, you know, it's a really like budget friendly meal. So I would give it a three out of five forks. Yeah, I was happy to make this. I like this general concept. It was a solid recipe. All right, moving yeah. on here. We have roasted cauliflower spaghetti, which is our last recipe. Yeah, so, you know, I love a roasted veggie. And so that's why I went with this one. It sounded like a good combo. And I like the idea of the mascarpone cheese um, mm-hmm. or mascarpone cheese because I always like switch the R and the S. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the recipe starts with some roasted cauliflower, which I'm sure, my gosh, if you haven't roasted cauliflower, like get with the program here. But you just yes. toss in yes. an olive oil, nutmeg, which is like a classic pairing with cauliflower, mm-hmm. actually. It's delish. And smoked paprika. And just as a side note, smoked paprika is one of those spices that will come up again and again. It's not often that I see it, but when I do see it, I like it because it adds a smoky flavor to veggies and other things that you can't really get other other than like maybe grilling. Mm -hmm. Um, Smoked paprika is different than hot or sweet paprika. You'll actually see it as smoked. I found it like Penzi's has it. Sometimes you can get it in specialty spice shops, but it's worth having in your in your spice cabinet if you do, haven't gotten it already. Back to the recipe, you roast this this cauliflower and then you toss it with the spaghetti, some lemon zest, and the mascarpone cheese. And then, like with a lot of the other pasta recipes we've had on the podcast, you reserve some of that pasta water to loosen the sauce, which which helped quite a bit. It was pretty tight mm-hmm. until you threw in that pasta water. I liked the roasted cauliflower here. How do you think about it? So I thought this was okay, but mm. I have to say, Ryan asked me if I had forgotten some of the ingredients mm. when I made this. Oh, boy. And he said, is this one of your podcast recipes? Like, is it missing something? Because it just, I thought it was just a little bit lacking on the flavor in, mm. um, I don't yeah. know, it just didn't pop for us. But it seemed like it had potential. And also, in sort of looking at this recipe and the whole roasted cauliflower thing, I mean, there are a lot of these roasted cauliflower spaghetti pasta variations yeah. out there too. Yeah, I would yeah, I'm with you on that one. I I did find this to be a bit on the bland side. I was eating and I was like, "Man, I wish I had tripled the spices on the cauliflower." Yeah. Really tripled. Yeah. And I think that would have popped the smoked paprika, maybe not tripled the nutmeg that get out of control, but maybe like give it a little spice something like that yeah because it wasn't it was a little bland it was a little bland but i did like the mascarpone cheese i thought Mm -hmm. it was it kind of like made it creamy in a different way yes Um, so there's something to be salvaged there (laughs) i know i I thought the same thing i think mainly like i said the mascarpone cheese and the pasta and the cauliflower i would find maybe another recipe or rework this one Uh, two out of five forks not an outstanding favorite. What would you rate it? Kind of the same thing with the two out of five forks. I thought it was okay, but as written, it probably needed just something else to make it kind of pop. And the whole thing together just seemed very just kind of bland. Like beige. Just kind of beige. Yeah, it was kind of a beige mm-hmm. feeling dish. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but not bad. But I will say, if you have a picky eater that doesn't like a lot of like spicy in your yeah, face hey. foods, this one might do it for them. <laughs> 
this might be a five out of five forks for yeah. you. Go ahead and try and make this cauliflower. Like, right. <laughs> this could be a winner. So yeah, it really does. It does remind you though that home cooking is such a personal subject. Yeah, that is so, very true. That is one thing to consider. Definitely. All right. So wrapping up here, what was your favorite of the week? It's got to be the pasta salad, right? Mm -hmm. I think it has the potential for guests loving it because it's a familiar flavor combo, but that Mm -hmm. is a little unique to pasta salad. And I loved that it made lunch easier. So that's the winner for me. Yeah, I like this pasta salad too. And I can really see it being helpful in potluck situations Mm -hmm. or any, any kind of bring a dish would be good. Yeah, and I was actually thinking you can make it more crowd-friendly even if you used a turkey bacon. I know that sometimes pork is an issue. So if oh, you yeah. just swap out some turkey bacon in this, you'll be good to go. Do any of these recipes sound good to you? Well, make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at www.dinnersisters.com. There you'll find links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we discussed, as well as a link to our shopping list spreadsheet. <laughs> All right, so this week's sports board is all about listener comments and questions. Yeah, so you actually had this idea, and um, I was like, that is brilliant. I can't believe we hadn't thought about this before. So kind of kicked myself because I was like, Betsy had the great idea. So yeah, we had some people who listened to our show who um, had some comments and some questions, and so we just thought we'd talk about them today. Yes, and Kate and I still need to come up with a clever name for this little segment. Oh, yeah. Listen, we came up with Listener Corner, which... Which is a terrible name, and we cannot it use is it. It is terrible. That was Kate's idea. Good. Yeah. All right. So for next... <laughs> we'll think about it. Jeez. Next time. Talk the horn on for the next... bus before you run me over with it. <laughs> so for now, it's just a just a, just a new little smorgasbord idea, just but we'll a, come up with a... Just a smorgasbord. Yeah. 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 Generally. But we'll come up with a, a cute little name. Okay. So our first listener comment comes from Tyler, who mm-hmm. says... Quote, I love the kale salad. And listener note, this is the kale and apple salad, New York Times, from episode three. Mm-hmm. But I might add some mustard to the dressing. Thought not a bad, you know, not a bad idea. What do you think, Kate? Yeah. I was like, ah. Oh. Again, I wish I thought about that. But I think that's an awesome idea. I think um, it would be really good with a cheddar and an apple, like a mustard and cheddar and apple. It's like, like a pretty classic mm-hmm. combo. Um, and the mustard might kind of like heft up the dressing a bit. So it kind of sticks to the leaves, makes it a bit more. And maybe like leaning it towards fall a little bit more. Yeah, that'd be so nice. That I think great, great suggestion. Yeah, I think Tyler also said he would give this a four out of five and that it was one of those oh, salads right. where the heavier pieces fell to the bottom. Right, which, which I thought was unfair to salads. I was like, just toss it. But <laughs> So that's Kate's <laughs> comment back to you, Tyler. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this offline. Tyler. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to really engage with our listeners, Betsy. That's my Yes, that's my yes. <laughs> All right. People are not going to send comments in. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. Our next listener question comes, Dear Abby Style, from a listener who writes... Please help. I have two boys, ages six and nine. Two nights a week, they have swim practice followed by baseball. On a good night, we have an hour at home in between to change clothes, eat dinner, and head to baseball. And sometimes we have to eat in the car between the two activities. Any ideas on what to serve them for dinner so we can stay away from the fast food drive-thrus? Signed, starving in the bleachers. 
Okay, I love, first of all, that she followed the Dear Abby style. Down I love to it. sign off. And please, everyone do this. I, <laughs> yes. I just... It's our request. I love it. Yeah. We love it so mm-hmm. much. So, Dear Starving yes. um, is how I'm going to start this, because I think yes. that's how you start these, right? Dear it Starving. Is. Or mm-hmm. they usually, like, maybe sometimes they go, Dear S-I-T-B. So... You know kind of more about what kids that age would eat, mm-hmm. but I had this thought about, like, the homemade Lunchable. So this idea that you'd, like, get a Tupperware right. container that they can handle that has a mm-hmm. top on it, and you just throw at them as, you, as you're as you running out the door. And inside, you put things that you think they're going to eat. Right. Which you know I love. I mean? Yeah. Right. And it's based off of dinners that you've made earlier in the week that you just make extras of. So, or, you know, you could go ahead and make, make these, in, like, make the ingredients individually and then just freeze them. But I am a, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of, and I'm sure you probably are too, Betsy, of, like, making more than you need and then freezing the remainder. So I yes, was thinking yep. about the salmon patties. Mm-hmm. Make a double batch. Make the smaller versions of the salmon patties that we made in um, the sandwich episode, which is, I believe, episode 12. Um, and you could freeze them cooked Throw them in the microwave, stuff them in some mini pitas, throw some cucumber slices in there, and now they've got, like, a salmon pita Lunchable. hmm You know? Um, yeah. Or I really like eating pancakes to go because I feel like they're really handheld friendly. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you can just munch on them. And mm-hmm. if you make them with – I was thinking about those rye and bacon pancakes. hmm Yeah. You know, with or without yeah. the rye. like. Don't Prob- put the rye in. Probably without. If you're silly. like six and nine year old boys, yeah. Right. <laughs> but they've got bacon in them. And I'm thinking like making them a little heartier for these kids that are apparently like, I don't know, training to be Olympians. <laughs> um, good Lord. Um, but if and you re- had, you they would eat, then you could put the sprinkle the blueberries on. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. And throw them in the Tupperware, throw the mm-hmm. blueberries in, throw them at the kids and eat them with uh, one of those packs of milk. Yeah. Good to go. And then the last thing I thought of that you don't have to make, but I always have in the freezer because, like, it's just such – they're just such a lifesaver. I buy the Trader Joe's brand because that's what I've got in my neck of the woods. You mm-hmm. can buy any brand you like, which are frozen chicken or pork dumplings. You can steam them in, in a skillet, like the mm-hmm. whole bag, in like 15 minutes. And then you dump them in their Tupperwares, sprinkle them with soy sauce, maybe some sesame seeds if you're feeling fancy – Mm-hmm. And they can eat them with a fork when you're on the road. Right, right. So this is what I thought. I think those sound like excellent lunchable dinners with kind of an adult spin on it, which I mm. love. I know starving in the bleachers because she's a friend of mine. And she has really picky eaters. So oh, okay. one thing, but I do like this concept. And I had thought, I have a friend who keeps a gallon Ziploc bag of cooked rotini in her fridge. Wow. So she can have noodles at the table super fast, right? So then you're just nuking it for 30 minutes instead of waiting for the Mm. pot to boil and all that kind of stuff. So you could also do that with like a tortellini or a ravioli if maybe the dumplings aren't – no one likes the dumplings or something. Like that type of thing Right. also do that same concept. Ravioli are handheld if you just dip them in sauce. Exactly. And that kind of stuff, even though it's like – even though it seems a little bit ridiculous to pre-boil this, like, almost kind of fast, faster, mm. you know, convenience food anyways from frozen food from the grocery store, and then put them in your – really does save you time. Because when you're on that tight of a schedule with kids yeah, turning around – Yeah, an hour around, is short. 
an hour is short and you can't get that water boiling and those made and then cooled off mm -hmm. while you're also trying to find uniforms and, you know, doing all the rest of this stuff. So if you right. have them, big bag of that, you know, tortellini or pot stickers or whatever that you can maybe just microwave, that might be easy. And then you could serve that with some or throw in some leftover chicken, I thought, too, or like a rotisserie chicken if you wanted to shred one of those early mm -hmm. in the week. I also thought you can't go wrong with throwing some baby carrots and grapes uh, in there because that's basically like a raw vegan thing. So <laughs> Technically, yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I think to myself when I'm doing that. <laughs> All, All right. right. So I think you've got kind of like two ideas. Yours seems even more realistic than mine. But, I mean, I do kind of maybe the takeaway is that just like the Tupperware that you throw things into. Yeah. I really like that. Nope. Kind of the dinner Tupperware. Right. And yeah. I have like a square one that, that, you know, you can find the signs the kids can hold too. And mm -hmm. then, um, and they make divided ones. So kids don't like food touching, yeah. you know, and that just might be something that maybe make, make things a little easier. If you've got the designated dinners to go Tupperware. No matter what you put in it, even if it's just um, your raw vegan baby carrots. Yeah. If you're feeling really fancy. <laughs> oh, really fancy. All right. For our last question, we're talking meatloaf. Mm -hmm. My coworker who does not have a fancy sign on, we'll, we'll, we're working on it. We're working on mm -hmm. it. Um, and dear friend Anna, she made the barbecue meatloaf from episode three. And, and like you, Betsy, she actually made it in a pan because she has a, you know, mm -hmm. she's two boys and her husband and sometimes her mom's there. Um, so she made a bigger meatloaf. And um, she had questions. She didn't know when it would be done. And then she was worried it would be, you know, undercooked. And then it kind of came out and then it fell apart. And then, you know, dinner kind of went downhill from there. And so she came to me. She's like, what did I do? What happened? And you and I talked. I know you make meatloaf in a loaf pan in particular way more than I do. Um, so I didn't know if you had any tips. Right. So I just went ahead and took it upon myself to make her a sign <laughs> off here. Oh, I love it. So we're calling her waiting for the meat to loaf. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. Okay. So, oh dear goodness. waiting for it. the meat to loaf. I think <laughs> one thing. So in researching this, I found that sometimes the fat content of the ground beef can be an issue. So Ooh. really try to stick with an 80-20 blend of the ground beef. So and higher that fat. Can, yeah. So a little bit higher fat than you might normally go to. And that can really stave off some problems on the front end of this. Right. Another tip is to blend well, but don't over mix. So that was another common problem for meatloafs that fell apart. Okay. Because there was an issue that, you know, if you mix it, they'll kind of like bind up and then they won't cook properly and they'll fall apart. So I have made a lot of meatloafs and I do occasionally have them fall apart. And I think it's, it could be a combination. It's hard to tell with me because I have so many things. <laughs> that I mean, you have a lot of things going on. You're not meticulously <laughs> taking meatloaf notes as you I go along. I'm definitely not. But on my, my internet research of this, people all said to go watch or slash read the transcripts of Alton Brown's meatloaf episode, which we will link to in the show notes i mean you gotta love it on the brown i mean he's gonna break it down and he does and here he like gives you some very exact things but a lot of it was the whole meat the meat blend that you're starting with actually might have more of an impact on the whole meatloaf than things like 
you know, your timing. And, and the other thing oh, okay. was, and I don't know if it would be an issue with this because we, we all followed the recipe pretty closely, but he was saying a low and slow bake on that meatloaf is really the best. So three he does his at 325. Oh, okay. Um Wow. You know, for now. And he was saying to use, and then I looked these, these things up, use one of those meat thermometers that you stick in and then they sit outside of your oven. What are those things called? You like stick it in the roast, then they, you close your oven door and then your little. Oh, I mean, I, I guess they're just, they're, they're just a specific kind of meat thermometer that you yeah. can buy. So I'm yeah. thinking I might get one of these because he was like, you stick it in there and then mm-hmm. you set it to a time and then it will alarm you when your meat is at <laughs> a certain like temperature. I feel be really good for you, Betsy. It might be because he was like, then you don't have to time anything ever again. And I was like, <laughs> like sold, <laughs> sold. I will get, I will get one. <laughs> I mean, you're ding, not ding, supposed ding, to. Ding. Yeah. You're not supposed to use them on like. Yeah. Well, we can but... maybe find some good reviewed mo- models of that and um, and put it on the sh- in our show notes. And um, yes. if any listeners have used those um, and want to let us know, that'd be great. Yes. So that was kind of a fun thing I did dig up in researching this meatloaf issue. Lastly, I'll say we'll put both questions on Instagram next week. So if you're on there and you have thoughts and advice for these women, you can you can let us know and let them know. And we'll all be on there sharing tips. We are at Dinner Sisters Podcast. You can find us down there. Yes. Yeah. So next week. Right. So next week coming up, we have perennial favorites, recipes that um, we have loved for years. Mm-hmm. And so I know I'm looking forward to sharing a Smitten Kitchen recipe that I have adored for a very, very long time. It may not be one that everyone's tried. Yeah, I was excited to try it because I know you've been talking about it. And I have a green chicken enchiladas, which is a Martha Stewart mm-hmm. episode recipe that That I have made so many times and I love it and it's just one that I keep going back to so we will be checking that out too all right so that's what's for dinner see you next time on the dinner sisters we'll save a spot at the table for you would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at www.dinnersisters.com for show notes grocery lists and other fun stuff got some dinner ideas or some input on these questions that we just talked about in the smorgasbord, hey, shoot us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com, or you can comment on our Instagram, which is at dinnersisterspodcast. Lastly, as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. The reviews would be awesome. That's how we get people to know us. Thanks, and happy eating. <laughs>